Welcome to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. Before I start my podcast today, I'd like to acknowledge and thank all of the people behind the podcast that make it come to be. I'd like to thank Carla Reisman. She is a web genius extraordinaire. I'd like to thank Egg Olufsen and Andrea Shook creators of my awesome theme song, and I'd like to thank Andre Hoth and Dominic Pesky, sound mixers, masters extraordinaire. And I'd like to thank all of you who listen, who take a little time out of your day to hear what I have to say, and those of you who comment as well. Speaking of comments, I did say on the blog, but I'd like to reemphasize here, I am looking for some topics from you. I'd like to know what you, a listener, would like me to talk about. So if you're interested, please just leave a comment on the blog. After I gather some, I will write them down on slips of paper, and I will put them in a bowl, and I will swish them all around, And then I will pick one out randomly every so often. Those of you who were students of mine, you probably remember this process vividly. But I really would like to get more interactive with you and see what it is that you are thinking about and would like someone to give their take on. Okay. When I was growing up, my best friend down the street said to me one day, there is never a dull moment in your family. So there was some truth to that because for decades, there were many inordinate, dramatic situations going on with my family. But as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that it wasn't just the events, but it was who was involved in these incidents. In particular, there are two members of my family, and I am one of them, that are were drama amplifiers. I don't feel like I'm so much a drama amplifier anymore. I think I'm going to call them drama amps. Drama amplifier. <laughs> so it's the combination of a drama amplifier and a situation that really makes for some good shareable drama. Now, I'm definitely going to share some family moments of amplified drama once I find the right times to put those stories in. But today, I'm going to talk about some stories from a working life that I feel were amplified in drama by amplifier moi, dramplifier moi. As I've mentioned before in my podcast, I had many jobs in my life, more than 30. Today, I would like to share some crazy incidents 
from the job I had at the post office. So I worked for the post office for about three years. At the end of the three-year stint, I had to decide and choose between taking the civil service test and becoming a full-time employee for the USPS or going back into journalism. For some reason in my life, I had a pattern of switching between blue-collar and white-collar jobs. In the end, I did take the civil service test. I did rank in the top 97th percentile. However, I chose to take the journalism job, and I went back to journalism. But some crazy things happened to me while I worked for the post office. When I first worked for the post office, I was a clerk, and I was a damn good clerk. I worked in the post office box section, sorting mail, and I was fast. I sorted faster than anybody. You would think that's a good thing, right? One day, a scraggly man came up to me. He was a full-time employee, and he said, slow down. You're making us look bad, and we're going to have to pick up our pace. He kind of scared me, but I did. I slowed down a bit for a few days. I had a second encounter with that same man. I had a package that, was, that belonged to his section. He sorted mail for a carrier. He, too, was a clerk. I walked up to him, and I tapped him on the shoulder. He turned around and put his arms into a fighting position, kind of like a ninja position. And his face was completely tense, and his eyes were black, and his jaw was set. And he looked like he was ready to take my head off. And he said, don't ever touch me again. There are some crazy people that work at the post office. I think that man had PTSD, and he had killed several people. I moved from being a clerk to being a carrier. I worked at three different stations during my three years at the post office. The first day that I became a carrier was at the same post office where I was a clerk. And I was told I needed to buy a uniform. This was because I was what was known as a T. And a lot of the drama that I'm going to share with you emanated from being a TE. It stood for transitional employee. That is what you are when you start at the post office, most people, unless you're a veteran, and then you can get a full-time job at the post office at your first try. But most people start as part-time, and they are transitional employees. Transitional employees, I learned, were not given uniforms, but they did ask me to buy one. But guess what I said? No. I mean, I thought, this is some kind of bullshit. I am making much less money than a lot of the other people who are working here, and I have to spring for this uniform? No, thank you. 
So it didn't really bother me. I mean, I got some strange looks from people in Franklin Park when I was walking around and delivering their mail. But one day, it did kind of cause a problem. This was the day for the drum amplification. I was walking around, and when you, ah, TEs, they are exploited. I'm going to cut away from my story for a second. They are the bottom rank of the post office employees. And carriers who are TEs are often exploited. Was your mail late the other day? It most likely was being carried by a TE. And that's why your mail was late. Why would your mail be late if a transitional employee was carrying it? Well, as a matter of course, TEs are often given parts of routes. So they have to come back to the station and get the next part of a route. These are routes that they don't know very well. And so it may take them longer to figure out the addresses. Another way that TEs are exploited, oftentimes full-time carriers will save their packages if they're going on vacation the next week. They just don't take them out for a couple of days. And so those packages pile up. Well, when the TE gets assigned that route that day, guess what? They have to get all those packages out. So, I rest my case. I will always believe that transitional employees at delivery service jobs are exploited and treated unfairly. Okay, back to my first day. I'm walking around without my uniform. When you take over a portion of a route, you get little notes from the carrier specifying certain houses and certain special things you have to do at particular houses, where the mailbox is, if it's hidden, or how they like their mail wrapped up, or things like that. This one house, I had read the note, and it said, there is a fence around the driveway area Open the fence and go to the side door of the house. Open the screen door and put the mail in between the screen door and the open door. As I approached this house, I saw someone sitting in that area in a lawn chair. It was an older woman. She was facing the garage, not facing out. She was just looking at her garage. (laughs) I opened the fence. She didn't hear me. I went up the steps to her side door. I noticed that the main door was open because it was summertime. But I still thought, "Eh, I'm going to open up the screen door and put the mail in there instead of bothering her because she looked like she was in a meditation. So I walk over to her door. I open it up. It makes a creaking sound. And she turns and looks at me. And the look on her face was, oh, my God, someone is going into my house to rob me or to hurt me. She screamed. 
And I said, stop, stop. I'm just the mailman. She stopped screaming. She still glowered at me. However, then she said, Puffy or Fluffy or Max or whatever the name her dog of her dog who had run out of the enclosed area when I opened the fence. I did not know that I should shut the fence door behind me. So I was already behind in my duties on this route this day. But I went ahead and I left my mail there by her fence and I went and chased this dog. (laughs) After a while, I finally cornered this little pudgy dog and I never told anybody, but I had to kind of jump on it in order to catch it. And when I brought it back, I set it down in the enclosure. I said, I'm sorry, your mail's inside your screen door. And I walked away and closed the, opened and closed the fence door. And I noticed that the dog was limping. But I had to move on. The drum amplified had to move on. Another day, At another office, I was able to get assigned to a route for several days. It might have even been a week. It was great. One route. I felt like I was making progress. But remember, I'm a TE. There were many packages during that week, I remember. I did have a little note about one house, about a mail slot, where it was located, the one that they like to have their mail put in. So I'm tooling along. And actually, I remember that this was a route that a carrier had taken over when another carrier died. And he had told me that he heard that that deceased mail carrier walking on that route. So I was very happy to be taking this route and curious and exploring. But anyway, one day... Uh, After the route, I got back to the station, and my supervisor, who was a jerk, she liked to laugh at TEs a lot. Mob mentality, I guess? I don't know. Anyway, she came up to me, and she said, Hey, I got a call from one of our customers, and she said she found her mail in the middle of the street today. And I thought, What? And this supervisor looked at me as if I would do that on purpose. And she said, do you throw her mail in the middle of the street? And I said, of course not. She said, okay, but it better not happen again. I better not get a call from this house. I took the address and I realized it was this house that the mail carrier, the full-time mail carrier, had told me about. But. When I went to deliver the next day, I did the same thing because I thought I was following instructions. My jerk supervisor did get another call from that same residence. She was still miffed, the customer, but she had figured out the problem. And I think it had been four days that I was delivering to this house. What was happening was there was another mail slot near the location, which I had gleaned was the mail slot to put the mail in. 
And that was the one they liked to use. The one that I was using, the mail would end up on the trunk of their car. And so when they went to work in the morning, they would just open the garage door, back out their car slowly, and then they would accelerate going forward, and all the mail would fly up in the air and land in the street. I laughed when I was told this story by this jerk supervisor. I mean, how funny would that be to see? I I just couldn't believe that that had happened. She did not laugh. She growled at me, and I got transferred to another station. It was at that other station that I had maybe one of the most amplified dramas, this poor drum amplified TE, tales of the poor drum amplified TE, I was trained for three days because it was a new station. I liked the guy who trained me. He told me, it says in the manual that you're supposed to go down the driveway of every house across on the sidewalk and then back up the driveway, but you'll never finish your route in time if you do that. Walk across the grass. I thought, cool, this guy's giving me great tips. He also showed me how to walk up on the porch from the grass. You didn't even have to change your direction by going to the sidewalk and then up the steps if you had enough momentum to get up on the porch. At this time, I was fairly healthy and had no knee problems, and it was not going to be a problem to do that. However, the first house on my first route of that station, I tried to go across from the street with my mail, went through the grass, went up on the side of the uh, porch, and started to lose my balance. And I was teetering, and of course to me this seemed like eternity. I had my mail sack on me, which had many packages in it, pounds and pounds of mail. By the way, If you want to lose weight, taking a job as a mail carrier is a great way to do it. I lost 70 pounds in like three months. But anyway, so I'm teetering, teetering. Then I finally get some semblance of balance, but my elbow comes to rest gently tapping on a big living room picture window. And it just pushes in just a little bit as I get my balance back. And a crack starts emanating, going to the left from my elbow and the right from my elbow, all the way across the picture window. Here was at that crack, trying to get to me to tear my face off. I had to take time from my route, drive to a payphone, and call my supervisor and say, I broke a window on my first house. So, these are some of my stories of drama from my days at the Postal Service.
It makes me, it leaves me with these lingering questions. Was I making these dramamplified events happen because I was a dramamplified person? Or was the drama just waiting for me to make me a dramamplified person? One might never know, I guess. But I would ask you this. If there comes a day when your mail is late, would you please consider not calling the post office right away? It's probably some poor, dramamplified T.E. behind schedule trying to do a good job. That's all I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed these stories from work. Thank you for listening. Get thinking. She's got no lessons planned for me Because she's not that fancy She's a professor forever